TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Big dog not in today. Coach flying solo. Welcome to the talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. I'm feeling a little bit of football in the air, my friends. Got that cool, crisp, almost uh, late September-esque feeling in the air today. It should be a Saturday afternoon. We should be watching college Football today, bring me the head of the Northwestern Wildcats, the fight in the line, I, Indiana Hoosier in Arizona State, Sun Devil, a USC Trojan. We could even uh, head out to Connecticut and watch the Yukon Husky play a little Big East football, maybe down to South Florida, wherever it might be. Wherever you might be listening to this show, football starting to creep into our sports mentality. What a beautiful, beautiful time of year it is. Again, I'm flying solo today if you want to uh, check in and play the part of the co-pilot you can do so the seat is open for you the phone lines are open for you at 888-463-6748 888-463-6748 david olson producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass uh, i don't know if it'll be this friday but very soon i haven't checked our production schedule basically i follow everything that david tells me i pretty much just read off a script that way i can blame all the bad programming on you uh football fridays should be coming up maybe starting next Friday in a couple of weeks. We, of course, have a Friday pretty much dedicated to football, including our favorite game, Beat the Schmoes. Is that scheduled for this week, next week, or have you completely forgotten about it? Uh, it depends if you want to kick it off with the, it depends if you want to kick it <laughs> off with the college season or the, with the pros. Because don't, the, the, uh, college season kicks off not this coming weekend, but mm-hmm. next weekend? In mass. There yes. might be. I need to check the schedule. Maybe our, any of our listeners can help us out, 888 Because Labor Day is late this year, yes. so that pushes back the NFL another week. Yes, but I, there might be. Might be a few college games this weekend. Could be wrong. I know it, it begins definitely in mass next weekend. But there might be a couple going up this weekend. I know our high school teams. Now, I don't know how other uh, states work, but here in the fine state of Illinois, the fine city of Chicago, high school football starts uh, Friday. We're almost 48 hours away from kickoff for the start of the high school season, so maybe uh, next Friday we'll begin our football Fridays and the always popular Beat the Schmoes again. If the big dog is not here, though, football Fridays will not be the same. Will not be the same. Hopefully we can get the dog back. Uh, and if you're uh, we're not tuned into yesterday's show, big dog has taken on uh, job opportunity number 38. I think the first 37 didn't quite work out. Some of them lasted uh, two hours. Some of them lasted two days. Some of them lasted two months. I don't know if any of them lasted two years. Probably the longest one was six months. But uh, he's got a job opportunity. Hopefully it'll work out. And uh, it might just be two, three weeks. He'll be able to come back, still do the show, and continue on with his job. But temporarily. We're going to be bringing in some co-hosts and, of course, uh, invite the listeners, the callers to check in. And uh, we like to say you can be the co-host of the show. And, in fact, if we like what you're saying, we might just eliminate the big dog and the rest of the co-hosts. And um, wherever you're calling in from, we might fly in for the show. Have you sit here and you can sit in the chair and do the show with myself. 
Matter of fact, I'll go on vacation and you do the show. But uh, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Football Fridays starting probably next Friday. And uh, we started it last year. We play a game called Beat the Schmoes, our popular prediction game. And, of course, other radio shows will play versions thereof of the Beat the Pros football game. But here on the Two Guys at a Mike show, we play Beat the Schmoes. And basically, you can pick any three football games. High school, college, or pro. If you want to put out a high school game, we are, as far as I know, the only program that will actually put the point spread on a high school football game. You're calling in from New Jersey. Uh, you know, you want to check out the uh, odds, what the point spread is on Concord High School taking on St. Mary's of the Woods. You know, we'll, we'll do a little research, probably about 12 seconds of it, and we'll put a point spread on that game. High school, college, or pro, you pick any three games, and you bet on them, and you try to beat myself, Joel, or any of our guest schmoes, we have a uh, bevy of wonderful guest schmoes that are going to be joining us over the football season. And if you beat us, we send you an outstanding prize from our extremely limited prize vault. That's the way Beat the Schmoes works. All right. Uh, well, tough. we talk some football today, exhibition games number three coming up this weekend for your NFL teams. College football going to be kicking off. I'm working on them. Uh, and I'd like to also sort of throw this out to the listeners. If there's a uh, road trip you've taken to a college football game, venue, city, scenario, that you could recommend to our listeners, give us a call or email us at mike2guysaol.com. Again, our phone number, 888-463-674. I would love to hear some of the venues, not just the stadium, but the um if I'm going to go to a road game, and I don't go to many of them, I finally made it up to Wisconsin a couple of years ago. Uh, certainly have been down to Champaign, the old alma mater. I go once every 20 years, whether I need to or not, or Northwestern. Whatever college football game you go to, you can't just show up 15 minutes before the game for a road trip, for a new stadium, a new town. you got to get there the night before at the very worst. At the very worst, you got to get there three or four hours before the game, and you got to you got to check out the environment. It's part of the beauty. I'm talking specifically college football now, not so much the NFL. And you got to walk around the campus, get a feel for the campus, and then you got to kind of start checking out the uh, not even the tailgating, but before you get to the stadium where people are tailgating, there's the so you got your college campus, and then there's the next inner sanctum, which would be the the bars. The frat parties, the sorority parties, the dorm parties, the house parties, you kind of got that inner sanctum before you get to the parking lot. And to me, that's half the, the, half the, half the blast of going to the game. You walk around and you really catch the environment, the smell. You got to use all your senses to don't just look. You got to breathe it in. You got to smell it in. You got to feel the football weekend at a particular campus. Wisconsin probably. Probably the best atmosphere that I've been to, and I haven't traveled that much. That's why I'm throwing out to the listeners out here my traveling budget here at thetalkzone.com. Extremely limited, but we're creative. We'll find a way. If we need to get out to Arizona, we'll find a way. Okay? If we need to add up to maybe there's a Montana or an Idaho that's got a great college football environment, Boise State. Doesn't have to be a top five team. Doesn't have to be a top ten team. We just want a fun stadium to go to with a fun College football environment, people that get into the game pre, during, and post. But yeah, you gotta walk around the campus, you gotta, you gotta soak it all in and 
I'm not saying, you know, crash the parties or anything like that, but at least observe. Maybe you'll be invited in. You check it out. You walk around some of the different neighborhoods around the stadium. You get a real feel for it a couple hours before. And then you definitely have to head to the uh, parking lot or surrounding parking lots in the stadium area and walk around and see the tailgaters. And, and tailgating, absolutely an art, an art form at some particular colleges. Went down to my old alma mater, and I wasn't, kidding that much about once every 20 years or not probably about three years ago and illinois had another pretty miserable football team but we uh, walked around a couple hours beforehand and boy the the alina alumni the fans alina nation if you will that expression has been overused they know how to party before the games great tailgating west of the stadium north of the stadium south of the stadium East of the stadium, all around. The only part that wasn't good is once we entered the stadium. And Michigan State, I think it was, uh, the game we saw a couple years ago, absolutely trounced the fighting Illini. Brutal game. But before the game, it was absolutely outstanding. You had the band out there, the marching band going through the tailgating of party. You had the cheerleaders out there. You had a lot of the fans, uh, you know, regular tailgaters who... Not just your normal little mini barbecues, but they got the huge grills. I don't know how they get those things out there, but it's a great atmosphere. If you love college football, you don't have to like college football. If you like people, if you like having fun, if you like a positive, upbeat atmosphere, you don't have to be a football fan. Now, I'm not thrilled with the folks uh, that you know sit out in the parking lot the whole game and watch on TV. To me, if you're going to go to the park, you're going to go to the ball game, you're going to tailgate. You know, if you got a ticket at least. Now, if you can't afford the ticket or you couldn't hook up a ticket, that's different. But if you got the ticket, get your butt inside the stadium. Watch the game. Now, if you're down, you know, 32 to nothing against Michigan State at halftime, come back early in the second half. You want to leave a little bit early and finish off your tailgate party. That's fine. But again, if you got a ticket, if you got a ticket, I don't care how many drinks you had. I don't care how many Italian sauces are being cooked up on the old grill. Get your butt inside the stadium and watch the game. But it's fun. Anyhow, so this year, I, I don't know, David, have you ever, um, in your younger days, have you gone on the road, experienced any college football? I did a couple games at Northern and a couple games down at uh, Illinois State. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Now, now those are two teams that, you know, aren't going to be ranked top 10 Illinois State. In fact, is uh, 1AA, not even Division One, but you can still. You could still get great football atmosphere. Northern Illinois, when they were playing good football, I heard that was a pretty fun place to be Saturday afternoons. Well, no, they were terrible at the times I went. Okay. So. Are you a, uh, I forget where you're a graduate of. Columbia College. No ah. football, no nothing. So. Columbia College football? There is none. Really? There is nothing. Shocking. Nothing. I'm going to yeah. check the year. There's got to be some records for Columbia College football. It's a broadcasting school, right? If you're going to have a broadcasting school, you got to have a football team so they can broadcast. Almost goes hand in hand. You would think that. You know, just recruit some students to play football just to increase the uh, broadcasting department. It's a win-win situation. I'm going to talk to the head of – get me the head of the president, the uh, the head of Columbia College immediately. We'll fix that. But but I am uh, working on – not confirmed yet, working on getting ticky-ticky. For the Ohio State, I believe it's an October 9th game, taking on the Hoosiers of Indiana. Never been to the horseshoe. Never been to an Ohio State game, 100,000-plus fans, and uh, looking forward to that experience. 
So mark it down on the calendar, uh, David, Friday, October 7th or 8th, whatever day it is. I think it's Friday, October. We might need us up. I might be in Columbus, Ohio, and I will not be cheering on the Buckeye. I'll be sitting in Ohio State Stadium, but I'll probably be cheering on Indiana in my natural preclude to root for the underdog. Indiana, by the way, I read a little bit about Indiana, Ohio State, preseason number two this year. And again, uh, any of our listeners out there, you're taking a road trip to a good stadium. Again, doesn't have to be a Ohio State. Doesn't have to be a powerhouse. Just give me a good school with a good atmosphere for college football. I'm into it on a beautiful Wednesday. It's uh, 75. It's cool out, light breeze. Almost feels like a Saturday afternoon football. 888-463-6748. That'll be our daily quandary of the day. But uh, Indiana. Not going to be the weak sister of the Big Ten anymore. They're for real. They got a fifth year quarterback, Ben Chappell, or do you say Chappelle? Got a pretty good running back back from last year. I want to say the kid's name is Darius Wilkins. Wilkus. I think they've got like eight of their top 11, nine of their top 11 defenders back. He can, of course, make the joke based on Indiana's record last year. The good news and the bad news is the good news is they've got everybody back on defense. What's the bad news, coach? The bad news is they've got everybody back on defense. But, no, they're going to be better. Watch out for the Hoosier. They had three or four close games last year. They couldn't quite pull out. They're going to win some games. they got a legitimate shot in playing in a bowl game. Not talking the Rose Bowl, but playing in a bowl game this year. So, uh, Indiana, our Indiana, Indiana, we're all for you. All right, so hopefully, hopefully I'll be up there. Very much looking forward to that game. Of course, the Associated Press came out with their college football poll uh, over the weekend, their preseason poll, I don't know what, you know, preseason poll, what does it mean? It's reputation alone, but Alabama's ranked number one, Ohio State two, I believe Boise State three. I said on the show yesterday, I'm rooting for, um, number one thing I'm rooting for in football this year is ABBA. And I put that on our coach's corner on our two guys, Mike.com website. Number one thing I'm rooting for is ABBA. It's a negative root. I hate rooting against somebody, but uh, ABBA stands for anyone but Alabama. I need a different national championship this year. And again, not so much to fire against the uh, fine Crimson Tide fans. That, that's another place, by the way. That's another place that I would love to go for one particular weekend for college football. And I heard in an Alabama game, you you might want to get there like three days early. Alabama-Auburn, I've talked to some people that have gone to that game. Our previous radio producer, I think the Swamp Rat, Kevin Arendt, a legend in college football circles. Man who can crash more college sorority parties than any radio producer I've ever known. Man who can get kicked out of more college sorority parties than any radio producer I've ever known. But he went to an Alabama-Auburn game, and his comment was, it is unlike, unlike anything we see here in the Midwest. We may think Wisconsin's big football campus or, you know, maybe Illinois against Michigan down in Champaign. Certainly the Michigan-Ohio State game is probably the biggest, most storied rivalry, and it's huge, and it's rabid, and the fan base gets into it. According to the Swamp Rat, Kevin Arana, and a few others that I've talked to, nothing. Nothing in comparison to what goes on down south. They take their football to a different level, probably an unhealthy level, to be honest with you. A lot more problems to worry about than who's going to win the Alabama-Auburn game. I mean, I'm all into sports. I'm all into rooting for your particular football team, for your institution. I'm all into the, the passion of the game. But they might just take it a little bit too serious down there. But you got to love it. you got to love it. But he says they actually, like for a Friday game, they're down there Monday or Tuesday camping out, parking their trailers in the parking lot, getting ready. 
Now, maybe every game is not like Alabama and Auburn, but we're talking five days before. People are out there. You could imagine the scene on a Friday night before a Saturday afternoon game or a Saturday evening game or the morning thereafter. Let the Bloody Marys flow. Got to get down there. Watch an Alabama game, an Auburn game. I experienced a little bit of it back in my college days, long, long time ago. My first two years of my uh, semi-storied collegiate football career at Tulane University. Down in beautiful New Orleans. And Tulane had a great rivalry with uh, LSU. That was the battle. It wasn't actually that great because I think LSU had won like 15 years in a row. But that was the big battle. And the LSU fans, they're as rabid as the Alabama fans. So we would play against LSU. And the Tulane fans were, you know, somewhat normalized college football fans. The LSU fans taking it to an unbelievable level. So I got a little taste of it back then. What rabidness down south in college football is like. LSU, Alabama on a Saturday night, just one time to experience that particular anomaly. How cool would that be? Talk a little college football on August 23rd, August 24th. Got to get into it a couple of weeks, not uh, this weekend, but next weekend. We got to check. I think there might be a couple of games starting this weekend. Maybe not, but I know high school football is starting. But at any rate, we're going to get to some baseball action. We'll take a quick break, but uh, don't worry. We'll talk some baseball here. White Sox fans, two in a row for the Sox. Twins lost. So all of a sudden, the um, rocky road, the roller coaster that the Chicago baseball fans have been playing, particularly the White Sox fans, were starting to climb up that roller coaster once again. Things look a little bit better than they did over the weekend. We'll talk that. We'll talk some football. We'll jump off the sports page, too. I want to head down to South America, to Chile in particular, David Olson, get your thoughts on a uh, potential tragedy and certainly a fascinating life story that's going on there with the miners in Chile. We'll take a quick break. Uh, the phone number here, 888-463-6748. The coach flying solo today and feeling, feeling the football love. Give me a little pigskin with some bacon and eggs for breakfast. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone hey we are back indeed in the two guys and a mic show thanks uh, again for joining us we much much appreciate the listenership one hour a day folks that's all they allow us right now we're hoping to uh get out of the cage in the not too distant future get a two-hour show god forbid a three-hour show but right now uh 10 to 11 central time each and every day, if you like the show, spread the word, spread the truth. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic. We do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. The kids are back in school, David. I know your kids are still too young to be attending school. Do we have a preschool in the horizon for young producer David Olson? 
Yeah, my oldest starts preschool next week. Wow. Next Tuesday. First time in preschool. Uh, kind of, sort of. I mean, this is the first official preschool. I mean, he was in pre-preschool last year. <laughs> Pre-preschool. Well, yeah, for three okay, years. That's also called the nursery. Wouldn't go so far as to call it nursery school. Okay. But just, you know, getting used uh-huh. to socializing with the other kids and everything. Uh-huh. This is like the official preschool. But because of where he was born, he actually gets two years of preschool before he goes to yep. kindergarten. All right. So we got the nursery school step and the pre-preschool. Then you move up to preschool. Then the big step up, you head into the school, and you go, kindergarten! And that's still only half a day, kindergarten. And then you move up to first grade. We're graduating on up. Do they have um, <laughs> Do they have parent go to school night for the preschool parents? Like you meet with your teacher, you know, and I don't know, little Jimmy's having some problems. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There were there were parent teacher conferences. Really? Yeah, two, uh, yeah, two of them for the two preschool. Yeah. All right. What what problems can a preschool kid be having with uh, finger painting? He's not well, taking it, his it, nap properly. It's, it's more it's more development and socialization. Ah. How he's interacting with other kids. Mm-hmm. Um. How how he gets along with others. It's all developmental stuff. Wouldn't so. you love to go back? How old is Joe? Thirty-seven. My partner, the big dad, wouldn't you like to go back 34 years ago and be in on the parent-teacher conference at the age of three for a young big dog, little dog back then? <laughs> I could just imagine what was going on. Well, you know, he uh, seems very mature for a three-year-old. You know, most of the other kids, most of the other boys are, you know, have lunch, you know, by themselves, and they're talking sports and playing the games. But uh, young Joel seems to be over at the girls' table way too much and taking interest in things he probably shouldn't be taking. Oh, goodness. Preschool teacher, that's not an easy job. Not an easy you – know, I've always said we live school in reverse. I mean, how cool would it be for – or we live life in reverse. Would it be nice to go back to preschool now? You get a little recess time. Get your little cookie break. A little reading time, a little nap time. Be a beautiful thing. We should work early in our life and then have like preschool at the end of it where we could fully appreciate. Of course, David has, you have your nap time built into your work day. Usually it's about 1025 to 1035, right when I start talking the baseball scores. Usually, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. My son, by the way, first day of school is today. High school. Yesterday, he's helping out for stage crew to set up for freshman orientation. Last year at freshman orientation, they were doing something with smoke. Something blew up, and he got in a lot of trouble as a member of the stage crew. Total disaster. The freshmen only went to school yesterday so they could get indoctrinated in the school, figure their way around before the upperclassmen start selling them, what, dish insurance, elevator passes, and generally abusing the young freshmen, who don't forget the young freshmen. Just four months ago were the cool eighth graders in the junior high, right? That's one of the great things about the caste system of school. You work your way up. You know, in grade school, I don't know, some middle school start in sixth, some start in seventh grade. But grade school, you work your way up from, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second, third, fourth. The fifth and sixth graders, all of a sudden, the big shots in the grade school. And then all of a sudden, once you hit the pinnacle, you go back into junior high. And now you're the young, punky sixth or seventh grader, and the eighth graders are giving you a hard time. Ego shot right back down to size. Then, of course, in junior high, you work your way back up at eighth graders. 
second semester eighth graders just walking around the halls like they're you know what doesn't stink. You know, they're too good for junior high and ready to move on to high school. Pity the poor sixth and seventh graders. So they're feeling pretty cool. And then they have about two months of uh, summer to uh, feed their egos. And on to high school, they go in as a freshman, they get flattened once again. It's actually kind of a healthy system when you think about it. Sort of like life in general. But anyhow, so he's working stage. So yesterday, or uh, last year, as a stage crew member, the, uh, they, they blew up something. Yesterday, he falls off a ladder. We get a call from the teacher. He can't walk on the foot. You better come check him out. Bottom line is I'm at the uh, emergency room for two and a half hours yesterday. Broken foot, out for six weeks, can't drive, can't. He's in the marching band. Marching and broken foot, not going to be a good combo. And now he has to be in crutches for six weeks. First day of school, he's hobbling around the uh, campus. God bless. Let's hope that's not a uh, omen of the way the school year is going to come. So, uh to Kevin out there, I wish you the best of luck as you're hobbling along. And boy, was he, he was having trouble with the crutches. And we try to promote a good language in the house. Teenagers these days, Dave, I don't know if you're aware or not, but teenagers, their, your use of language is pretty pitiful or their lack thereof. And, uh, he was dropping a few bombs of, uh, various lettered sources. Not what you want to hear from your 16-year-old son, but he was having trouble with the crutches. All right, anyhow, uh, so the school year is off at Rudder. We talked some high school football, college football, NFL football, the whole football season about to kick off. What a beautiful time of year it is. We got some baseball going on, too. And oh, let me forget, Dave, after the next break, I do want to bring up a very fascinating human interest story going on in Chile with the Miners. But real quick, let's talk some baseball. Baseball fans out there, dial it up. Let's talk your favorite team here in Chicago. It is the Cub and or the White Sox. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. Yesterday, White Sox pull it out. They beat uh, Baltimore 7-5, two in a row. And the White Sox back in the hunt. Back in the hunt. Thank you very much, Texas Rangers. Because we said for the White Sox to get back in, and they had dropped, what, five back. I don't think they had five and a half back, but five back after a two and four road trip, which included losing two out of three to Minnesota and two out of three to Iowa. Uh, to Iowa. I'm watching the college football. i got a college football in my mind here. Two out of three to the uh, Kansas City Royals. And we said, uh, you know, the White Sox are obviously going to have to play better baseball, but it won't matter. It won't matter if they don't get some help, and that is the Minnesota Twins. If they continue playing like they were, forget about it. Minnesota Twins are going to win that division, and they might just win the whole pennant, knock off the Yankee, the Devil Ray, or whoever they might uh, meet. But the Texas Rangers, thank you very much, have at least temporarily cooled off the Minnesota Twins. They beat them again yesterday, 4-3, a rare one-run loss for the Minnesota Twins. They specialize in winning those close ball games, but the Rangers knock them off. Four to three, so thank you very much, Texas. Got the lead down to three and a half. White Sox uh, get a big win, big uh, home run by Gordon Beckham, who prior to his seventh inning home run, folks, you talk about making amends. Guy struck out three times, got picked off first base by the catcher. So he's having a rough first six innings. But, uh, you know, all's well that ends well. Gordon Beckham with two guys on base, seventh inning, jacks out a three-run homer, gives the White Sox a little cushion, and they needed the cushion, folks, because the bullpen had fallen apart. The bullpen has slip-sliding away. First of all, on the DL list now, if you're a White Sox fan, Matt Thornton and, and J.J. Putz, both on the DL. Bobby Jenks, who uh, they were going to put on the DL, 
or they were just going to drop him out of the saving rotation, if you will, out of the bullpen rotation because he was so ineffective. He's starting to pitch a little bit better. He had to come out yesterday even with a tired arm because he threw three innings a couple of games ago. Unheard of for Bobby Jim. Three innings. But he had to come out and rescue Sergio Santos. Sergio Santos was the feel-good story of the first half of the season for the White Sox. Suddenly, Sergio Santos is becoming the feel-bad story of the second half of the season. I'm rooting for this kid because he's a really nice guy. Really nice uh, kid, and it's a great uh, story. He was a shortstop. Short, never pitched. I don't think he pitched since, like, Pony League. And they saw that he had a strong arm in the minor leagues. They gave him a shot at pitching. And within uh, less than a year, less than a year, he was up in the major league roster this spring battling for a spot. Sergio Santos not only impresses in the spring, he makes the roster. He not only makes the roster, he starts pitching. I think the first 12, 13 innings he threw. No runs. He was lights out. And even when they scored against him, he was still pretty effective. Like I said, the feel, good story, the first half of the season. The scouting reports have caught up to Sergio Santos. Maybe it's a tired arm, but he is getting shelled early and often now, and he did again last night almost blew the game for the White Sox. Bobby Jenks came in and uh, got the final out, and the White Sox hold on barely with the tying run of plate to beat Baltimore 7-5. to Again, the Gordon Beckham three-run homer, the um, big blow in that particular game. And how about the Cubs? Two in a row. Two in a row for Mike Quante. I was only uh, half kidding yesterday when I said Mike uh, Quante, the Cub manager, after their, what was it, 16-5 to victory in game one. Could have retired. We said, uh, you know, retired right after game one. He would go down in the history books and baseball lore is the winningest percentage manager in the history of Major League Baseball. And I'm pretty confident that would be a record that would stand in each, for eternity. But no, Mike Quiety did not listen to this program, did not listen to his friendly coach. He went out there and he managed game number two and he did a heck of a job in this game too. The Cubs win it again. Carlos Zambrano. Pretty good pitching performance. Cubs win it 5-4. to four. Alfonso Soriano, thank you very much. Three-run homer, Tyler Colvin, who's been in a slump, hits a two-run homer. So those two homers accounting for uh, all of the RBIs for the Cubs, 5-4. and four. Mike Quade, 2-0. and 2-0. Oh. Oh, so the, right now they're not missing Uncle Lou. And I'll tell you what, the more I read about uh, Chicago baseball fans, you want to check in here and... Uh, your comments on the uh, White Sox or the Cubs, 888-463-6748. But the more I'm reading about this guy, Mike Quade, fascinating. Long-time minor leaguer, but they even went back. He grew up, uh, David Olson, not very far from here, Prospect High School. Hop, skip, and a jump. Maybe a hop, skip, and a jump, and a leap. 15, 20 minutes from here. And they had a, a little story in the paper yesterday talking to some of his old teachers. Some of them are still there. I think Mike Quade looks a little bit older than he is. But they said he was your uh, typical great kid. Perfect kid in school. Three-sport athlete. Basketball coach talked about him trying out as a uh, junior off the sophomore team, and they immediately installed him as the starting point guard. And even as a junior, he became the leader of the team. Those natural leadership tendencies, everybody liked him in school. So, you know, he's, he's got a little, little gumption. Got a little depth to him. Obviously, he's built on that, but Mike Quade could be when you're talking all the big names out there. The Joe Girardis, the Bob Brenleys, the Bobby Valentines, all the fancy names out there, Freddie Gonzalez, Eric Wedge. Not sure if you put Eric Wedge in the big name category, but uh, Mike Quade, if he wins a few games here, you never know. Jim Henry likes him. 
Tom Ricketts doesn't know him, the owner of the team, but uh, if he wins a few more games, I guarantee Tom Ricketts will get to know him a little bit better. Bottom line is, Cubs 2-0 and under Mike Quaddy. Are we mathematically eliminated yet? If Mike Quaddy keeps up his 100% winning percentage, we could still pull this thing out, Dave. You know, we might, what is there, 38 games left? All right, let's, let's, let's be realistic. Let's give him a couple losses. If we go 37 and 2 under Mike Quaddy, <laughs> as we drink a little bit of the Cub Cooler, you never know. We might just catch, watch out St. Louis Cardinals, watch out Cincinnati Red. Mike Quaddy and the Cubs are coming home. Cubs win the pennant and they go on to win the World Series here. Do you think, here's your question for the day, David Olson, do you think Lou Pinella? Leaves his ailing mom and comes back for the victory parade. <laughs> you don't think I'm jumping the gun a little bit too much, but just a little bit. But just say, <laughs> well, just say, Quaddy, you know, if their winning percentage under him is 750, that's it. All right, I got him 36 and five. But go ahead. Well, 36 and five. Yeah, if he, if if it's like <laughs> that, that you you kind of need to keep the guy. Yes. You need to keep the guy, but I mean, I think a reality is going to set in for him sooner rather than later. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still the same Cubs team that Lou Pinella had. Right now, they're two and zero under Mike Quanta. I can dream big. Dreams are free. I yes, got they are thirty-seven and two, and um, you take that streak onto the playoffs, there'll be no stopping us. Be on fire. Right to the World Series, we take on Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. Tampa Bay probably wins a game or two. This could be the year. Said that at the start of the year, all of a sudden, or Mike Quade, I'm feeling it now. Either that or someone put something funny in the coffee today. I'm not sure. But anyhow, Cubs win it. Two in a row for Mike Quade. Congratulations. Carlos Zambrano, by the way. Pretty cool story with him. Apparently his, uh, well, sad story, actually. His nephew. His brother's son has contracted uh, a disease in Venezuela, and apparently it's one of those... Um, Diseases, infections, I should say, it's a better word than disease, an infection they have not been able to control and it's getting worse and worse and it is life-threatening. The poor kid is 11 years old. So Carlos Zambrano knew about that incident, knew he was going to fly home after the game, still pitched in the game. He did it. He dedicated the game to his 11-year-old uh, nephew and he pitched uh, seven strong, gave up five hits, struck out eight guys, pitched very, very well, immediately post-game flew out to Venezuela to be with his uh Hopefully just ailing, and hopefully he'll get better. Hopefully it does not end in tragedy. But you knew Carlos Zambrano had a lot lot on his mind, and that's a pretty impressive uh, pitching performance. So we wish him, of course, the best of luck. Other games yesterday, we mentioned Texas. Knock it off Minnesota. The Yankees beat Toronto 11-5. Curtis Granderson, a kid who played his uh, college baseball at University of Illinois, Chicago Circle Campus, three-run homer. Mark Teixeira, Jorge Posada, four hits apiece. So the Yankees... uh, Easily knock off Toronto. They go up a little bit against the, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I think they're half a game up now. Houston knocked off Philadelphia 4-2. to two. So the Phillies in their battle to catch the Braves can't quite do it. Atlanta lost. Perfect chance for Philadelphia to catch them. Pretty good game, too. Houston up two runs going into the um, ninth inning. And Jimmy Rollins, the oft-injured, at least this year, the oft-injured Jimmy Rollins. Jacks had a two-run homer in the ninth inning. Two-run home with two outs. With two outs, and you think maybe this is going to be the catalyst for Philadelphia. Team's going crazy. 
They were on the verge of losing to the Houston Astros. They tie it up in the ninth inning. Game ends out going 16 innings and not a happy ending for the Philadelphia fans. Houston ends out pulling out the game four to two. So the miracle home run by Jimmy Collins, uh, Jimmy Rollins rather, goes for naught. Colorado knocks off Atlanta five to two. So uh, the Braves and the Phillies who have a great race going on. Philadelphia stays two and a half back. Pittsburgh knocked off St. Louis four to three. One of the rare losses for Adam Wainwright. The kids, uh, I think, got eighteen wins, seventeen wins, looking for his eighteenth. Seems like the eighteenth game is the hard one. Ubaldo Jimenez who's battling Adam Wainwright and Josh Johnson for the Cy Young Award. He's had like three opportunities to win his 18th and hasn't been able to get that yet. So that seems to be the magic number. But Adam Wainwright, he's been on cruise control the whole season long for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, but does not get it done yesterday. They lose to Pittsburgh 4-3. to All right, a uh, quick baseball recap. We come back. We're going to talk about that uh, story with the minors in Chile. You talk about in sports, in athletics, players, teams, individuals, coaches, overcoming adversity, fighting against all odds and trying to find victory. That's what this group of men and women, I believe there's some women down there, will attempt to achieve to do. So we'll talk about that story, a couple other things. Off the sports page, we'll get back to some football as well. David Olson, our producer, Coach Flan Solo today. Phone lines are open. Dial it up at 888-463-6748. We're back in 46.5 seconds. We're on a tight schedule today. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and we do welcome you back two guys and a mic on to uh part number two of this two-part experience here on the two guys and a mic show talk zone.com again david olson our producer coach flying solo today phone lines open 888 888- Four six three six seven four eight. Interesting story with the miners in uh, Chile. If you're not aware of the story, I think uh, is it uh, 33? I think there's 33 of them stuck in a mine, and we've we've all heard of these horrible mine accidents, many that end out in tragedy. Uh, they are all alive. They've been down there about 20 days now. Is there any females among the crew, or is it 33 uh, all guys? See if we can check that out. But basically, uh, they are communicating with the rescuers. And they've been told, uh, we're going to get you out. That's the good news. 
We're going to get you out. There is a small opening, which apparently they're able to deliver some forms of, I don't even know if you would call it food, but nutrition. It's a, it's a nutritional gel is what they're calling it. Okay. Enough to sustain them and keep them alive, basically. Okay. And uh, and also you can send notes through there because they have sent yes. notes to loved yeah, ones. And, and, and they send them small lights, too, so they're not in complete darkness. Okay. Interesting. But here's the the weird part of it. They yeah, you know, we're going to rescue not in one day, not in two days, but they can't go through the regular mine shaft because the whole thing could collapse. They have to go through the other part of the tunnel. 120 days, four months. It's going to take to drill through that baby. Yep, they're in a 33 by 20 space. Well, see, now I was going to ask how big the space is. 33 feet by mm-hmm. 20 feet. I work better on yards because I'm a football guy. Ten yards by three yards. Ten yards by three yards. Thirty-three people. Thirty-three I mean, people, yeah. All right. It's really, you know, in, in some kind of sick, fascinating way, it's, it's fascinating to think about. 120, first of all, the darkness would have been a whole different psychological factor, but you're telling me that there is some... Yeah, they they put small lights down so they wouldn't be in complete darkness. Because that helps. That helps. But, uh, man, I mean, think of all the different variables that go into this. That's that's a smaller area than I thought. Ten yards. So think of a ten-yard gain in football by three yards. Not very wide at all. Thirty-three people. So what if you don't like a couple people? Wow. They've got to have they've got to have like some some significant group meetings talking about team dynamics there. I mean, this really is it's like the ultimate in a sociological experiment, not of the best kind, but of a survival kind. Wow, well, what, David, what were you thinking? I invite the listeners uh, as we jump off the sports page. We do it early and often of the two guys at a Mike Sports Show, but uh, fascinating story and it has some sports. Comparisons, because we do in sports talk about overcoming adversity and the great underdog stories and teams or individuals that have come from great depths and find a way to success, uh, find a way to succeed, and that's exactly what these miners are going to try to do. But what, what do you think are some of the uh, the immediate issues they're going to be dealing with? There's so many cool, interesting variables that will come into play. Uh, I want to know how they deal with their waste. I was hoping to bring that up a little bit later on, but that's a definitive problem. Definite. First of all, I, 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 what do you do? I, yeah. What do you What do you do? Uh-huh. First of all, you're not going to have as much waste because you're basically eating liquid nutrition. Basically, yeah. But you still will have it. Yeah. And I don't know if they can pass down bags, and even so, ten yards. It's not a pretty thing to think about. But that's a clear factor. I mean, are they going to be able to make it for 120 days? Disease? Yeah, they they think they are. I mean. One guy gets sick. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't think there's a doctor among the bunch. If he was a doctor, he wouldn't be down in the mine. Fascinating. They are going to start getting them solid food, though. Okay. Yeah, because because they were you know because they were trapped mm-hmm. and they didn't have anything to survive on, they're going to start them with sugared water and a protein gel, and then they're going to move them on to solid okay. food. 
So for for safety reasons, they want to build up to it. it, it well, exactly. You can't just give them. You just mm-hmm. can't give them solid food when they've been deprived of it so long. Not able to communicate via uh, voice. Is that correct? Only by notes. Paper notes. Correct. Wow. Correct. All right. So in addition to the disease factor, or if someone gets sick, there's going to be no help. And the sickness could spread in that small of an area. I mean, that's a definite concern. It's possible. And I mean, you got the the waste factor problem. You also have um, just boredom. Boredom, and for lack of a more scientific, professional term, antsiness. You could, I mean, you could just, you know, for for a day or two, for three days or four days or five, but thirty three people in that small of an area. I would think that's going to start to play in your psychology, and then. Uh, you know, what about one or two guys that just completely go off the, you know, off the top? Completely lose it. That could be dangerous. There's all kinds of things. This is, you're talking about a made-for-TV movie drama. This is it right there. And I, and I hope I'm not coming off like I'm taking pleasure in the extreme discomfort. And hopefully it'll end out with a happy ending and these guys will be rescued. I just find it an incredibly curious social dynamic uh, phenomena. 33 people in that small of an area for 120 days. Hate to take the negative approach, but a lot could go wrong. A lot could go wrong. They're going to really have to be strong of, uh, not only strong of body, but maybe even more importantly, strong of mind. Talk about mental toughness. Again, any of the folks out there you want to, uh, You've seen that story. You want to comment on it. It's been out there for a couple of days now. 888-463-6748. And no verbal connection. You can only communicate via the written word. Passing notes through the small hole that apparently is available. And I'm assuming, obviously, that oxygen is not going to be a problem. That there will be air to breathe in. But, boy, hopefully they can uh, get those uh, drills working overtime and maybe cut that 120 days down to, like, 30 days. 30, you could maybe pull it up, but boy, four months? It's a long time. It's a long time. I guess up in space, in the space shuttle, at the space station. I don't know how big the space station is, but that's kind of a similar environment, but you don't have 33 people. You got three, four, five, six, seven people. I don't know how many people are up at the space station. I don't think there's that kind of overcrowding. Anyhow, fascinating story. Any of our listeners want to comment on it? 888-463-6748, the phone number. Again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Some of the other titillating tidbits, news, and notes in the world of sports. The uh, Minnesota Vikings, good news is they do have Brett Favre back at quarterback. He threw, what, one pass in the last exhibition game, but his receivers are dropping like flies. Percy Harvin has been having all kinds of problems. I think uh, most of our listeners are aware of his Stories got some psychological problems, got some family problems. A very talented, talented kid out of the University of Florida going to be a game breaker for the Minnesota Vikings in his second year. But right now he's not playing. And Brett Favre lost his other favorite target, or would be favorite target, Sidney Rice. Has to have hip surgery. He's going to be out for at least half a season. So not such good news for the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, a lot of the Chicago Bear fans in the area, not myself, we would never take pleasure on the. Uh, discomfort of others, but there are some Bear fans that are not exactly feeling sorry for the problems of the Minnesota Vikings. By the way, speaking of the uh, Chicago Bears, we found out over the exhibition game last weekend against the Oakland Raider the value of the long snapper. And you talk about underrated, understated, 
quiet, good players in sports, and the name Patrick Manley has to come to the forefront. Because he has done nothing, nothing but long snap for the last, it's probably close to a decade now. Now, in college, I forget where he went to college. He was an offensive lineman. He came to the Bears as an offensive lineman. He pretty much, for close to a decade now, has been a specialist in long snapping. He doesn't play on other special teams. He is not a fill-in offensive lineman. He does one thing and one thing only, and that is long snap, and he does it brilliantly. I don't, I can't remember, and I probably shouldn't jinx him, but over the near decade that he's been long snapping for the Chicago Bears, never. Never a bad snap. Guy's automatic. Guy's robotic, but we found out he was injured last game, and the Bears, probably rightfully so, there was no need to bring a long snapper in for an exhibition football game, so they had a couple of the other players. I think Desmond Clark, the tight end, took over the job. And you'd think for a professional football player to long snap, but uh, David did not come out so well. We found out the ability to long snap, not so easy. Not so easy. Not so easy. <laughs> one's left, one's right, one goes over the over the guy, uh, the holder's head. But uh, Patrick Manley, back healthy. It's the old story. You don't appreciate something until you don't have it. Patrick Manley, you ever injure a thumb? You break a thumb, you injure a thumb. Uh, you know, you take thumbs for granted. I'm a big fan of my thumb. It's in my top five favorite digits on my body. But you uh, you take the thumb for, for granted. You injure a thumb. You break a thumb or sprain a thumb. And all of a sudden, you find out how debilitized you are. If I could use that word. Even if I can, I'm going to use it. How debilitized you are. The other four fingers relatively useless. Without the thumb. Your hand. Basically your entire uh, manual dexterity. Who, by the way, was a great shortstop for the Cubs back in the mid-70s. Emmanuel dexterity. But you lose a thumb. Patrick Losing Patrick Mantle is a long snapper. Very much like uh, injuring a thumb. You don't realize how much you miss it. Until you don't have it. Don't take automatic routine things for granted. There is your friendly piece of advice from Father Coach Cohen today. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Other titillating tidbits, news and notes. The uh, United States have set their roster for what uh, actually should be, if you're into basketball, pretty interesting basketball tournament, the FIBA. International Basketball Championships. We talked yesterday how the U.S. team barely, 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 barely beat Spain a couple of days ago. Uh, and Derrick Rose of the Chicago Bulls got the game-winning basket. Kevin Durant, the game-winning block shot. Spain came from 12 down in the fourth quarter to come back and uh, almost defeat the United States. But Derrick Rose has made the roster. Congratulations to Chicago's soon-to-be third-year NBA star. Rajon Rondo gets cut. Actually, before he got cut, Rajon Rondo has removed his name from consideration for United States basketball. What's that all about? What, you've been a high school All-American, you've been a college All-American, you're too great to see your name is cut? Didn't make it? So instead of being cut or didn't making it, you resign your name from the team before the coach can make the official cut. Come on, Rajat. You're a heck of a ball player. You're an NBA All-Star. You played for a world championship team two years ago. Deal with it. Deal with it. Not that big of a deal. Anyhow, the United States team has set Tyson Chandler. Go figure. But ex-Chicago Bull, ex-just about everything. Currently, I think a member of the Charlotte Babcock, Tyson Chandler, 
a member of that 12-person franchise. Mike Krzyzewski, by the way, the head coach. United States opens up with Greece, I believe. It's a Friday or Saturday game. A lot of people not in the basketball mode. If you are, check it out. It's actually pretty good basketball, and it's fun to watch uh, these other countries as they try to pull off the big upset against the United States. Uh, Little League World Series going on for the first time, probably in the last four or five years. I have not been watching much of the Little League World Series. Maybe some of our listeners can uh, give us a quick recap on uh, some of the highlights that have been happening. I don't even know who's announcing this year. Had Harold Reynolds, who we used to help, Brent Mus- I think it's Brent Musburger still doing the play-by-play. Had Oral Hershiser. I'm not sure if it's still Oral, or if they've moved on, but the Little League World Series, usually very good entertainment. I just have not had time to catch it. I know the team from Georgia, I think 2-0 and in the pool play. But we're coming down to the nitty-gritty. I would think it'll be this weekend where we get a Little League World Champion crown. So if you watched uh, some of the Little League baseball, you want to comment on that, 888-463-6748, We talked about the Cubs coming up with a big victory over the Washington Nationals, 5-4, to two wins in a row for the Cubs. Cub fans with uh, finally a little bit of something to cheer about with their new manager getting two straight victories and more importantly the White Sox getting a big win over Baltimore 7-5. Uh, to five. Gordon Beckham three run homer in the seventh inning. Didn't clear it by much. If you watch the replay it was a line shot. You thought maybe it was going to be a gapper but somehow got past the center fielder into about row two or row three of the stadium but it looked like a titanic blast in the scorebook as the old story would say. It's not how far you hit him it's when you hit him and he hit it at the most important time. Big three-run shot. White Sox hold on to win 7-5. and five. They'll go for the sweep against the Baltimore Orioles tonight. And uh, they need to win. They need to win consistently, do the White Sox, if they want to catch the Minnesota Twins. We'll see if they can do it. And, of course, we uh, talked about it a little bit earlier, too. They're going to have to do it without two of their three bullpen by committee closers. Matt Thornton on the DL, as is J.J. Putts of both of them. Out for 15 days. Sergio Santos getting rocked yesterday. Bobby Jenks, I hope his arm is healthy, folks, because he's going to be throwing as much as possible. They'll probably use, I would think, Tony Pena a little bit in that spot, but uh, see if the Sox can hold on until they get their uh, bullpen by committee back. 888-463-6748. White Sox fans, you want to check in. you got a couple of minutes to do so. They'll go for the sweep tonight. Oh, I know one other topic. For the uh, White Sox, there are rumors. And if you believe some areas of the media, a little bit stronger than rumors, that the White Sox are considering purchasing Emmanuel Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, who's now a member of what? The Dodgers, right? But the Dodgers are 62 and 60. Not bad, but they're out of it. I think they're 8 or 9 or 10 back. They're not going to catch San Diego or San Francisco. So Manny Ramirez is a White Sox. See, it's just too weird. Like with a month left in the season, you're going to pick up one of the top hitters in baseball, at least he used to be. Uh, it's Jake Peavy all over again. Yeah. Because Manny's been Manny's done nothing this year except get injured and, and spent time off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of kind of been a pattern for uh, Kenny Williams to pick up a guy like this and hope he fixes what's broken in the off season and comes back to make a contribution next year. Mm-hmm. But in the but, but I but I think he's got a significant contract. I think oh, I think yeah. it's like four and a half million. Yeah, they'd or have to pick like up that. pick up. Uh, they'd have to dish out a fair amount of money. But to, but but see, I'm looking on an even a more epithelial scale. 
beyond what Manny Ramirez could do for the White Sox final month of the season here. I look at it from a philosophical standpoint. It's just weird, and people that have listened to the show before know that I don't particularly like it. When you battle with a particular team and chemistry and players all season long trying to win the pennant, win the division, and then at the last second with a month to go, you're going to bring in another player and put him in the number three spot in your batting order. Not a bit player, but a major player. It's almost unfair. And I know, I know a lot of people say, you know, well, that's the way sports are now. And a lot of the young kids today growing up, they, they take it for granted because that's all they've ever seen from professional sports. So the easy thing for me uh, would be to say, would just pass it on and say that's the way sports is. But no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think it's right. There should be a rule against it. I think it destroys some of the fun, some of the purity, some of the competitive, uh, the, some of the natural competitive edge of professional sports. I don't mind trades, but at a certain point, when there's two months left in the season, you go with the team that brought you, or you bring up some minor leaguers in your system. Okay, and again, a lot of people are they're going to say, "Coach, you're an old fuddy-duddy." That's the way it used to be. This is the way current sports are. And that's fine, but I still don't have to like it. And I still don't think it's good for the sports. All right, we'll talk more about it. We'll see if it comes to fruition. I, as a White Sox fan, not rooting for Emmanuel Arthur Ramirez to come to the beloved White Sox. All right, we uh, want to thank everybody for listening to David Olson, our producer. Phenomenal job. Big Dog, if you're out there, hopefully we'll get you back soon. Uh, We'll do it all over again tomorrow at 10. Have a great day out there, everybody, and stick around. What's coming up next? Winning Wednesdays? Do we have a beauty or talent pageant? Uh, Lawyers who needs them. Lawyers who what? Lawyers who needs them. Ah, That's how you pronounce it. I should stick around for that show. I might need one. Have a great day, everybody.